Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. It's week three of Get Up In The Cool's fundraising month. Eight of you signed up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool last week. Thank you so much. But the month isn't over. I'm going to interrupt this interview a bit later to talk more about why I need you to support the show. But if you want to skip that, you can visit patreon.com slash getupinthecool right now and sign up at a tier that you can sustain. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you. To make up for all the Pledge Drive stuff, I've saved some extra special episodes. This week's guest is Tristan Claridge. I'm tickled to share two old-time cello episodes in a row. I think you'll get a kick out of this one. Real quick, before we get started, Tall Poppy String Band is returning to the Pacific Northwest in early November. That's coming up here pretty soon. We're playing Port Townsend, Seattle, Orcas Island, Bellingham, Eugene, Blodgett, and Portland. Check our website at tallpoppystringband.com slash shows for details and tickets. We could especially use help getting the word out about our show on Friday, November 3rd at the Port Townsend Friends Meeting. Come on out and tell everyone you know. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Tristan Claridge. Enjoy. fun that's great <laughs> tristan claridge welcome to get up in the cool thank you we're here at valley of the moon this is my first time meeting you 
we got to play a little bit, not one-on-one, -on -one, but we got to play a little bit at the like Freight and Salvage show uh, in a very hurried, <laughs> put-together medley of a lot of non-old-time stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I really enjoyed playing with you then. And, uh, Likewise. This is nice to have an excuse to just play one-on-one. -on -one, yes. Steal you away from the rest yeah. of the campers. <laughs> yeah. Where did you learn that tune? What is that tune? That is Washington's March. I heard it various places. Um, possibly might have learned it from John Herman. Okay, yeah. Maybe from Rafe Stefanini. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and just hearing it, hearing it around, and have always enjoyed all those D tunes, and they, they're they're fun. You know, D is a good, open resonant cello key. So yeah, I'd imagine it plays um, really nicely. Yeah, I like I like all of those. Yeah. It's really fun. How did you start playing old-time music? Well, um, I started on fiddle yeah. when I was very small. I started playing what I would consider a particular type of old-time music, which is old-time music from Texas. Yeah, and you were, um, were you doing like uh, contest-style fiddling? Um, contests. I was doing contests. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um don't, don't, don't Texas fiddle contests have, like, very specific expectations um, around them? I'm ignorant about yes. this. No, no, yeah. it's a very good question. Um, there are some expectations, as there are anywhere in sure. any musical yeah. world. The ones in Texas at the contests there are pretty different than the expectations of... There's, there's a kind of West Coast right. contest style that can be a little bit even separated from its source as can sometimes happen. Yeah. And interesting. I never connected very much with that aspect of it, but it was a way in to finding yeah. the music. Why were you competing on um, in fiddle music? How young were you doing this? Um, I played in one of the contests when I was three. Okay. Yeah. And onward from, from there and met a lot of fiddlers. Yeah. And that sent me on a whole lot of, of my path as a musician. And as to why... Yeah, whose was, idea was that? Um, well, I had started lessons around when I was two with a Baroque violinist, mm. who um, is a, a wonderful musician. I really respect his musicianship. And as you know, our family was really lucky to, to happen to find him, not knowing much about music and my sister and I being very small, and we happened to find a very open-minded um, teacher yeah. who had learned some fiddle tunes, probably from various styles and particularly some Texas fiddle tunes, and there happened to be a fiddle contest right nearby. So it was a natural fit. For me, those contests were, um, they were a vehicle for playing the music and for connecting with other people who played the music. Yeah. And it was a wonderful thing to go and see all our friends there um, living in a very rural, mountainous part of Northern California. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't go out to town all that often. And there weren't, you know, there were lots of other kids around our ages locally that we didn't really connect with because they weren't doing the same things we were doing. But the people at the fiddle contests were also passionate about tunes like Sally Gooden and they were passionate about practicing the fiddle and getting yeah. together and hanging out 
And sometimes people's eyes kind of glaze over if they're not familiar with the tradition. You try to explain to them why you like it. They're like, that's not. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It can be hard to, co- yeah, yeah, a barrier exactly. to connection sometimes. Right. Right. It can or be. Or a boon in other situations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly. But this was, that was my experience of fiddle contests. Other people there were having other experiences and, yeah. and there's, um, you know, a, I think a, a warranted common stereotype of people being perhaps seeking the wrong kind of validation or being egotistical about wanting to win fiddle contests and it's a yeah understandably an awkward fit with with music in general yeah and with old-time fiddle music but there are um many people there who take the contest as a you know and i i would count myself amongst amongst these these qualities of it like the contest was a wonderful reason to practice yeah a pretense yeah. for practicing yeah, yeah. And yeah. and that was a really great thing to have yeah. as a young person, a reason to practice and try to play. And if there was a competition going on, I think it was more with myself to try to yeah. play the best I could. Yeah. Did you ever have to f- field in yourself competitive feelings with others as, as a child? I don't think it ever even really occurred to me much. The other I, people there were friends. Yeah. I hoped they played well. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It it of course occurred to me to hope that I placed well in the contest. Right. It was nice recognition. Sure. And possibly some money. Right. And and that was all nice. So I did I did hope to place well in the contest myself, but yeah. I didn't really correlate that to other people placing more poorly. Right. <laughs> it was sure. just whether I placed well. Yeah. And I hoped to be um, evaluated honestly. You yeah. Know, if I if I felt like I really hadn't played my best, then, yeah. then I wouldn't hope as much to place well. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, so I, I feel like it sounds like you pretty effortlessly internally kind of had more or less kind of pure motivations, you know, for participating in the contest. But I would imagine that wasn't necessarily the case. Like a talented, you know, talented young people mm-hmm. get so much stuff projected at them so many people try to vicariously live through them and yes and yes. encourage competitive sometimes toxic yes you know stuff did you have yeah. to feel any of that from your certainly larger I community certainly observed yeah. observed plenty of it from um you know other other families who would put a lot of pressure on on their children to yeah to be competitive and and often those families would be there and maybe they'd win the contest for a little bit and then they'd drop out and they'd be gone. Yeah. And and what would be left would be the people who had really connected with the music. Yeah. And and so I made some wonderful, wonderful friends. Um, Luke Price, I don't know if you know sure. Luke Price yeah. and his fiddle playing. You know, we grew up playing, competing against each other in theory. Yeah. In the same divisions yeah. since we were 10 or something. Yeah. Um, hmm up at the, the National Fiddle Contest up in Weezer. I yes, know. yeah. And and have been great friends for a lot of years and collaborators. And, um, you know, so there were many people. And some of my music heroes who made a very large impression on me rhythmically and as far as musicality in general. Matthew Hart's um, wonderful fiddle, fiddler and guitar player. He's playing with Asleep at the Wheel, I think, right now. Hmm. Um, so he was... He was a teacher and a mentor hmm. in that world of 
of fiddling, and that um, ended up introducing me to a much larger, larger view of music and of old-time fiddling and of all kinds of music. Yeah. Um, uh, initially through Mark O'Connor, who was part of that. Oh yeah, very good fiddle contest world, and told us about his fiddle camp. Yeah. And so we went out to his fiddle camp when I was nine, and and met all kinds of wonderful people playing all kinds of different styles. Mm. And that was really a, an opening up. That was around the time I got a cello. Oh, yeah. Well, well I, I have so many follow-up questions. Maybe we should do another tune first, because yeah. I want to play tunes with you before i got to go teach this banjo class. That sounds wonderful. What do you want to play next? Hmm, let's play that John Hartford song today. Yeah. What key is it in? Oh, B-flat. B-flat. Yeah, yeah, let me get there. Yeah. Thank you. 
song for his second one in the interview <laughs> holy shit oh man uh people have been singing about death lately on the show it keeps happening i think people yeah. are thinking about it yeah <laughs> it's yeah. kind of yeah thank you yeah. and Better i think it's day. good yeah uh what a good it song good. yeah yeah i've i've loved that one and so many others of john Hart yeah i've loved for a long time it's so uh, joyful and defeatist. <laughs> it's like, we're going to turn to dust, you know, uh, but there's like a celebration in it. Oh, it's, it's very celebratory. Yeah, I, I recognize that in it. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for bringing that. Yes. So you got a cello. <laughs> yes. You, you, you switched I, at some I point. I got a cello, and I still play a lot of fiddle, but yeah, yeah. I got a cello as a fiddle player. I played it a bit as a fiddle player, just mm. kind of trying to pick some tunes out. Um, and then um, as a teenager, I met um, a couple of wonderful cellist friends, Natalie Haas, who's here yeah. at Valley of the Moon with us, and also Rushad Eggleston. Yeah. And they were both very supportive and very influential in my my journey as a cellist. Um, mm. and, and so that got me playing it a little bit more, and then... What really got me thrown into the world of cello was Daryl Anger, um, mm. who was a wonderful mentor that I met at fiddle camp also, you know, when I was small, and um, just kind of started bringing me in on gigs, even though I wasn't really a cellist yet. Mm. It's like, oh, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love those uh, opportunities, those horrifying opportunities. Yes. You know, was, I was... Thinking, well, learn on I the job. guess it's time to learn how to get out of first position. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> um, Natalie gave me one very helpful technique lesson. Yeah. And that was about the extent of it as far as any kind of um, training on the mm. cello. Mm. Um, never any formal yeah. training, schooling of any sort. But um, She just taught you how out. to get your thumb out or whatever. Yeah. 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 Just like, <laughs> Here's, you might try this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that looks fine. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Hmm. Um, yeah, so then getting to play in, in Daryl's Republic of Strings was, um, yeah, just a, uh, an honor and, um, it really threw me into <laughs> deep water real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
and was was kind of my equivalent of of maybe going to college for music. Sure, <laughs> the Daryl <laughs> College of Darryl, yeah, it was, it was the Daryl College. Yeah. so yeah. Well, let's play another tune, and then I want to ask you about how you approach old time music on the cello. Mm -hmm. What are your methods for all the cellists who are listening and things like that? Yeah. But first, what should we, what should we play? Oh, what might we play a tune? Do you have any type of tune in mind yourself? Um, I mean, maybe for, I'd be happy to support something you play and do more accompaniment stuff. And that would be interesting too. Okay. Well, I mean, what would be cool is to tie into interview stuff mm -hmm. is if we did one where you're an old time tune where you're leading on the, where you're playing melodically mm -hmm. and then we could after that mm -hmm. do. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, because I want to ask you about how you approach melody, what you leave in, what you leave out. Yeah, yeah. yeah you sound great. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. Let's do, do that. that. Yeah. Great big taters. such a treat playing with you. I feel like I uh, don't have to 
work at all to establish any kind of rhythm. <laughs> like, or I, I couldn't throw it off if I tried. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a treat. <laughs> Thank you. Likewise. Really, really enjoyable. Thank you again to those of you who signed up since last week. That means a lot. I'm going to do a huge shout out when Get Up in the Cool Month is over, but it's not over yet. Please sign up now while I have your attention. You're going to forget later. I would. Every time I open my phone to do something, I'm bombarded by notifications, and I immediately forget why I opened my phone in the first place. But I'm in your ear right now, cheering you on, reminding you to visit patreon.com slash getupinthecool, linked in the show notes. When you get there, make sure to choose a support level that you can sustain, because I use this month every year to set my budget for the following year. Y'all know about the rewards? There's the basic support level of $2.50 an episode. You get a shout-out and access to my library of full video episodes. There are currently 18 available. Let's see who's featured there. I got it, I got it listed here. Uh, George Jackson, uh, Sophie Wellington, uh, Stillhouse Junkies, Dan Levinson, Jim Childress, Paul Brown. Just so many great guests, and you can see where we recorded them and see the look on our faces as we talk to each other. Uh, then there's the weekly bonus track, Secret Podcast, at $5 an episode. You can listen on Patreon, or what I like to do when I support a podcast on Patreon and I get like a bonus podcast from them, you can get an RSS feed from Patreon that you can add manually to your podcast app. It's easier than it sounds. There's probably around 13 hours of bonus tracks alone. For $8 an episode, you can buy the whole Get Up in the Cool music archive. That's around 75 hours of tagged high-quality MP3s separated from the dialogue, over 2,200 recordings. That's well over the Milliner Koken collection. It's a great resource to have. I reference it all the time to relearn tunes. It's a premium tier, but think about it like you're funding a musical source recording archive for posterity, because you are. This is a record of how people candidly played this music in the early 21st century without rehearsals, arrangements, or studios. So I think that's worth $8 an episode. And finally, there's the $12 an episode monthly banjo hangout. Join me once a month for an online workshop on how to play a tune recently featured on Get Up in the Cool, complete with tab and video for later viewing. Plus you get access to pitchforkbanjo.com on the house. That's a great price for a banjo workshop, a video instructional series, an enormous music archive, weekly bonus tracks, video episodes, and most importantly, a podcast that could not exist without your help. Go now to patreon.com slash getupinthecool and support the show. Thank you. So when you're playing fiddle tunes on the cello, what are the things that you have to adapt in order to be able to like approach a fiddle tune on this instrument? Are there things that you have to change or leave out? What are mm. the challenges? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think of it a lot like a fiddle. Um, easy for me as fiddle is my first instrument. Sure, sure. But it's a, a lot of it carries over and translates just fine. Um, cello is a big instrument, so I have to be mindful of not just always making a big, loud, yeah, wide sure. sound. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a lot of that that can happen with yeah, cello. Yeah. Um, being able to hopefully like get inside the tune 
and inside the rhythm and the playing of the people that I'm playing with. Um, I think that's something that I feel like on cello, it requires a different kind of mindfulness there. I haven't experimented with cross-tuning my cello. I know some do. Yeah. Um, if there weren't often other instruments around, like fiddles in open tunings, then maybe I would. Right. Um, if I was playing this. But, but I feel like um, with some creativity, you can make a lot of open droning happen yeah. being tuned in fifths. So that's that's a challenge. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's challenges of just the, the reach for it's some bigger. of the melodies. Yeah. But, but I feel like it all translates pretty well, you know, bow-wise. And in, in cello is such a good chameleon kind of instrument as far as the range it's in. Yeah. In my experience being able to imitate um, all the instruments that might be in an old, old-time string band. Sure. In different ways. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been a lot of my, my journey is just thinking about what the strum of an old-time guitar feels like. Yeah. What the bass, of course, might feel like and what the banjo feels like and um, trying to get inside all of that, especially rhythmically as a cellist. It sounds like there's a a pleasure in it of not necessarily having to commit to any one particular role at any point. Yeah, yeah there's, there is a kind of freedom and openness to the fact that expectations for a cello in old-time music... Yeah tend to be fairly yeah. open. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I wish I could ask you more questions about this, but we should probably play another mm-hmm. tune. And you're interested in doing some like cello backup of yeah. whatever yeah. came to yeah. mind for me. Yeah. Uh, so let me think of one yeah. and I'll throw it at you. Sounds wonderful. Oh yeah, we're running short on time. <laughs> okay, I got one.
Wow, lovely to watch you work. <laughs> yeah. No, we did like not that. rehearse that at all. Yeah. No. That's apparently an a version of Old Blind Sow She Stole the Midlands, but I haven't been able to find any source of it. So I just learned it randomly at a jam ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. No one I like else it. plays it. Yeah. It's music. <laughs> uh well we have just enough time, I think, to tell people where to go to follow you, buy your stuff. And then play a final tune. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Where, where do we go? Well, where do we go? Um, not social media. I'm not on it. Great. Great. <laughs> um, so I won't be really found very much there. Um, um, my my trio of many many years, the Bee Eaters, um, in which I play cello and a bit of fiddle as well. Um, we have a website. Um, people can keep in touch through that um, and. On the occasion that Crooked still plays um, yeah. in that band as well, yeah. um, but I think through the Bee Eaters would be the best way to to Bee Eaters. keep in touch. Great, perfect. And there's you know a couple of of records that we've made over the years, which are linked up on that website. Yeah. Um, and they're not specifically old time music, but they're informed by everything we heard, which included a lot of old time music. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. This is a very enjoyable. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, final final tune. What are we doing? Or something. Oh, I want to play this. It just popped into my head. I want to play this little tune that Rushad Eggleston wrote many, mm. many years ago. Little kind of old-timey tune. I don't know if he remembers it. Okay. I don't know what it was called. Cool. You'll pick it up easily. Lovely. It's in D. Great. <laughs> D major? Yes. Okay, great. Ready when you are. Just...
Visit beeaters.com and crookedstill.com to hear more of Tristan's playing, buy their music, and find out when they're playing next. I put links in the show notes. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Sign up for a level that you can sustain this month so I can make plans for the following year. This show is listener-funded, and I can't make it without you. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.